Hello, and welcome back to another episode. Ooh. Did I blow your eardrums out? No, there's just Woo, real quick intro there. Bit. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of that podcast. My name is Ryan Janky, and I'm joined by Sarah DeYoung and Pastor DJ Lura. Woo-hoo. Woo! <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> oh, well, I, I thought that you had something going on because you were you had your your. Um, I was thinking, boy, all these great sounds. <laughs> I only use like one or two. Which one could I throw in there? That's. Yeah. Which ones? Let me ask you this: Which one of those noises best is best served? For someone training a brand new puppy. Ooh, yes. Um, none of them. They're all horrible. <laughs> there's no just crying? No, that doesn't work. No, there's nothing oh. There's nothing that would work well. Ooh, that would hurt okay. the puppy's ears. It hurts my ears. How's that going, by the way? You know, it's... Um, I, I mentioned... I think I mentioned a while back mm-hmm. that we're, we got a puppy. Yeah. At that time, it was double top secret. Yep. Now it's 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 wide open. And I, I don't know if you saw the response of my kids on my wife's Facebook yes. page. Yes. Addie's... Addie's... Uh, it's um, the best. Reaction was... Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. It was it was laugh crying. I like yeah. she she didn't know what to do. Her mm-hmm. emotions were completely uh, discombobulated. Every emotion. Yeah. At, at the once. same time. <laughs> yeah. Right away, I thought she was falling down. Uh huh. Um, she did. But, well, she dropped her. Uh, I I think she was dropping her backpack to pick up the puppy. Was she not, or was she actually falling down? Uh, she, well, was she, it a combination she, of the two? Yeah, I think she couldn't decide. So one <laughs> foot did one thing, the other did another thing. One arm did one thing. Yeah, it was all over the place, but. Yeah, we have this new golden retriever puppy. Nelly is her name, which means I got to say, whoa, Nelly, when she gets into <laughs> yeah. trouble. Um, but we're doing this thing called. Uh, does, she, does she have a Band-Aid on her cheek? <laughs> it's getting hot in here. Uh, <laughs> I got there. I didn't want to name her that. That's what I thought of every time that they said, what about Nelly? What about Nelly? But I was. I was overruled. Oh, he yeah. He still tours. You know, you could bring her to a concert. I, I like Nelly. He teams up with the Backstreet Boys. Well, there you go. Oh, sounds bring phenomenal. Her to a concert. <laughs> Are the Backstreet Boys like our age? Aren't they in yeah, their 40s? Yep. Probably. Yeah. Probably. The new kids on the block are in their 60s. No, there's, none of them are 60. <laughs> 50. 59 I, and a half. I bet I, there's no way any of them are older than 55. I don't think they're even that old. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> Well, the Rolling Stones are in their 90s. Kiss is in their 70s. So, you know, Ozzy Osbourne is 45. <laughs> and has been for the last 45 years. <laughs> All right. New kids on the block. Let's see here. The NKOTB. Uh, Wikipedia, because that's. That's reliable. It is. Oh, sure. Uh, let's see here. Okay. Joey McIntyre. Was he the youngest? I don't know. Look at Donnie yeah. Donnie Wahlberg. Okay, Joey McIntyre is forty eight years of age. Okay, didn't I say fifties? Uh, you no, you said sixties. Okay, Danny Wood. I don't remember Danny Wood. He is fifty two. Mm-hmm. Was he one of the older ones? I have no idea. Donnie Donnie D fifty one. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, let's see here. Okay, Jonathan and Jordan Knight, they were the they were the brothers obviously. 52 for Jonathan is 52 and Jordan Knight is 51. 
So we're flipping through the TV and, and turn on HGTV, and lo and behold, who pops up there but one of those brothers? Oh, really? He, he has like a like a uh, it's like a, he's like a contractor. He'll he'll go and fix your house. So he's a Vanilla Ice poser. <laughs> Wannabe. Is that what Vanilla Ice does too? Oh yeah, yeah he's got uh, uh, one of those flip this house type. Is shows. that right? Yeah. Yep. Wow, we. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I. I I, I uh, mea culpa, mea culpa, I stand corrected. They are not in their 60s. They're young bucks in their 50s. <laughs> to be fair, Donnie Wahlberg looks like he's 60. <laughs> Hard living in that <laughs> yeah. Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah. <laughs> Thus your point with Ozzy Osbourne that I completely missed that he's actually 45. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Ozzy. Yeah. So was, was, uh, was Marky Mark ever a member of the new kids? Of the NKOTB? Like in the early days? He, um, he is 50. He's 50? He's 50. Huh. Yep. Well, um, there you go. Just turned 50. His birthday, according to Wikipedia, is June 5th of oh. 1971. Happy huh. birthday, Mark. Yep. There you go. That's a gr- Is that going to be on the, uh, the uh, 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 Ryan's Road Bops? Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, Marky uh, Mark and the Funky Bunch? Marky Mark. Yeah. Uh, Oh, you man. You feel it, baby? I can, too. <laughs> Was that good? Was Such that close? I sound just like Mark. <laughs> <laughs> what, I need, what, I, what I need to do... <laughs> do you know what we're talking about? Yes. you know the song? What, okay. I, yeah. what I should do uh, before we leave for the high school trip is get a broomstick and a couple cinder blocks, and then I can, <laughs> I can lift weights like Mark Wahlberg in the video. <laughs> man. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, that's that went great. off the rails quickly. Yep. Yes, of course it did. Anyway, <laughs> so, so we have this puppy. Good. <laughs> so we have this puppy, and we're doing this thing called uh, click training. Mm. And so you get this little clicker. And I got to mm-hmm. tell you, um, wasn't there this thing like a while back that people would listen to noises that were satisfying? Like, what, what is ASMR. that called? ASMR. Yep. What, what does that stand for? In a second here. <laughs> a for audio, S for Soothing, Senses. audio soothing. What? No, it's Audi- auton- autonomous uh, uh, sensory meridian response. So it's the like oh, you hear a satisfying noise and you feel the like tingles. Okay, is that the whole thing? Is that yeah. like a like a oh, YouTube yeah. thing? Yeah. Is okay. that like uh, so uh, old dad noises? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can find a lot of weird stuff on the internet, so it might be Ryan. <sighs> You, you, you've lost microphone privileges for the next 30 seconds. I make dad noises every time I sit down. Uh, every time I get up. I feel like it's the real test, though, is do either of you do the Midwest dad noise where it's like the slap your thighs and, well, it's about that time when it's time to go. No. Well, I suppose. No, but, but sometimes, sometimes just for dramatic effect, after I take a drink at home, I'll do this. I have my coffee here. kind of a thing you have to do do you yeah why okay. not even if it's water sometimes like you know you, get that, like, you know refreshed. slowly with age ryan that's going to turn into oh yeah that's good that's, that's good, good coffee good stuff. That's good stuff who made that good, good, stuff. good good job you made the coffee <laughs> you made good job. I'm, good job, uh, my dad does that i'm a little nervous about uh, uh i got this trip to nicaragua uh and and uh i'm nervous about trying the coffee there 
It's gonna be because I might ca- I might come back a coffee snob. Oh yeah, you're gonna get some good um, coffee. I can't remember. Barrett's family they go to Ethiopia, yes. yeah. and one yep. of their yep. kids came back a coffee snob from Ethiopian coffee. Really? Yeah. I she told not. me the story of it, and I can't remember which one of the boys it was. Wow. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So back to the, does the dog drink coffee? <laughs> so back to the dog. Uh, the, you get this clicker, and no, she doesn't drink coffee. She's hyper enough without <laughs> it. But it's it, you, you click it, and it makes the most satisfying click noise. Okay. And I'm finding that... Um, with training her, she's learning how to do all of these really cool things that uh, we've had dogs before, but I've never used clicker training before. And it's so easy with if you have treats and you have that clicker because the dog wants to pick this stuff up. And so the first couple of weeks that we've had her have been like chaotic to me and I've gotten very little sleep because she gets up constantly during the nighttime. Mm-hmm. But still, since starting this training just in the last couple of days, she lets me sleep through the night. Really? Yes. So is, is what is is this like a mechanical thing like a like a little like it just goes, yeah it just goes yeah. click really, it, it's it it's just a recording of my voice going click, <laughs> <laughs> but the but dog it, likes it too like the dog knows oh when it, I hear that I get I get a reward well you were talking about it makes such a nice such a nice noise it's that a, it, sa- it, yeah it's, it's almost like a crack almost yeah, yeah. do you really? remember um it's not quite like this do you remember the old Snapple bottles. Yeah, when you would snap the oh, snap yeah, the bottles, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like mm-hmm. that. Okay, so it's, it's not something with batteries in it. Like no, a no, no, no. It's just a. It's mm-hmm. a huh. I wish I had it on here. Is it, 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 so now I'm picturing like a baseball umpire with his little counter. Yes, yes. Okay. It's very much like that, but it's louder. Right. And um, it, it my my puppy loves it because she hears that noise and she knows oh there's there's a reward coming. Or it's it's like a way to communicate with them. Okay. And apparently, I didn't know this, but apparently click training is used with wild animals too in zoos. Really? Because it's the same. All animals. Um, it's like a Pavlov thing. You know it's bad whenever you, you use an, an absolute. I, I just said all animals, but it's probably like mammals. Okay. Or, or most animals mm-hmm. um, seek communication in order to receive their food. Mm-hmm. Like they want to work for their food. They don't just want to given to them list you know even scavengers want to work they'll work for uh-huh. the food well it's especially true with dogs who are social and um, i read something about how they i don't know if it's in their genes or what but they res- they they can recognize human speech and and seek communication with humans from the time that they're they're six weeks old like hmm. six to 12 weeks and that's the best time to train a dog because they're most open to oh this is this is how we do things because right. they're constantly setting the boundary as to what they can get away with. Right. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not evil. They're not immoral. They're just amoral and they're opportunistic. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. Well, they're trying to, they're trying to figure out where they fit in the pack, right? They're trying to figure out where they fit. Um, and, but not only that though, regardless of where they fit, mm-hmm. they're always trying to uh, find, find the boundaries of how do I relate with you? And if a dog is, is not exercised well or, and not just physically, but their their brain mm-hmm. by you know as the as the owner as the the what other terms do they have master or the mm-hmm. the puppy parent or whatever it is right um, alpha yeah they want to be constantly interacting with you and mm-hmm. and this clicker allows you to do that in a way that that makes a lot more sense to them and doesn't get them confused or frustrated right especially for a puppy although I will say that 
I'm trying to teach her how to um, loose leash. Mm, and you That's a difficult... Uh, yes. Yeah. And I'm telling you, it's going to cost me probably about $3,000 <laughs> in puppy treats. Yeah. They, uh, we we never did get that mastered with pickles. I mean, he, he uh, still... You read all sorts of things and you're like, oh, that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't work mm-hmm. because you're like... If you if you let the the leash constantly be tight, like they're pulling it, mm-hmm. and you walk with them, well, then they're going to think that the leash has to be tight mm-hmm. in order to walk. Mm-hmm. So if you stop and loosen it, then they take off walking again. And every time they, the 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 trick that I read was take them for a walk. Every time they tighten the leash, you stop, stop until they loosen it. Then they can walk again. Yep, and eventually. They will know that they can only walk if the leash is loose. Right. Well, I couldn't even get down to the four houses away if I kept <laughs> I doing that. I, I mean, know. this was like it's three a, weeks. It's <laughs> yeah, it's a long process before you even get to the point of going for a walk. And you know, we took the puppy for a walk as soon as we could because hyperactive bouncing off the walls. But when you start training them with them with loose leash, I didn't even use a leash. Uh, the training was in my house, and so it was getting her to recognize. I'm, I'm, I'm the most fun thing in the room. Mm -hmm. So if you're by me, you're going to get treats and, and attention. Yeah. And so I take a step and she's on my left-hand side. I take a step, I click. Mm -hmm. Suddenly she's like, "Uh Oh, something's going on. (laughs) And then I hold out a treat. If she comes to me, I click again. She gets the treat. And then I take two steps forward and I click. And then she steps forward. I give her a treat. Click. Nice. Two steps. Well, you got to do this for like three months. And you have to do all that walking to wear off all the treats. Yes, mm-hmm. and I gave her about 40 treats from the distance uh, <laughs> of my kitchen table to the fridge. Yeah. And so... How many miles are you clocking That's as far as we got. <laughs> What's that? Are you like... Is your like Apple Watch tracking like tons of miles for your You know what? I should, I should turn it on to see that, but I yeah. am burning like like divots in okay. my kitchen floor. <laughs> it's just, it's a just a little walking lower around there. the island. <laughs> looks like in the front of the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, yeah. he's got a <laughs> path worn... <laughs> But it's cool, and 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 it's it, it's a lot of fun. And she's now like like I said, now that she's sleeping through the night, my my I'm much happier. I don't want to punch her. I don't want to punch her in the into the neighbor's yard anymore. Crazy how that works, huh? Yeah, yeah. But this click training is pretty cool, and it got me thinking. It's like, hmm, how can I motivate my kids with this clicker? <laughs> uh, I don't think it'll work. Uh, that uh, even I think even for Dylan that. Uh, that that horse might have left the barn yeah. already. Well, th- he likes it because he likes the clicking noise. Right. So he, he thinks that's pretty neat. And I'm like, oh, okay. How can we hmm? how can we better parent <laughs> with a clicker? <laughs> click. Oh, you, you, you ate your vegetables? Click. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds know. like a Family Guy episode <laughs> with Peter walking around <laughs> with a clicker. And little like uh, uh, Reese's Pieces. <laughs> click. Here you go. Click. Here you go. Meg would never get the clicker. <laughs> oh man! So, Anywho. yeah, what else is going on? How are how are the uh, uh, right now? As we record this, we're in the middle of uh, a Revelation Bible study. Yeah, and a series on the manual Ephesians. How's yes, it, how's that going? Oh man, I, I'm digging the the manual on Sundays. Um, Ephesians is just such a great letter uh it's it's one of those things where like there's some some that think that ephesians was not written by paul mm-hmm. i'm 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 an, uh, a hopeless romantic i believe that all the letters were written by paul 
But I think that this one was um, transcribed by someone else because that does happen in his letters. He talks about, oh, I'm writing with my own handwriting. What big handwriting I have. Someone had been scribing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the case with Ephesians too. And so the way Paul is talking, it's so jam-packed with stuff. Um, we could spend a year just hanging out in Ephesians, but we're, we're doing it through the summer right. and it's a sermon series called The Manual. And, you know, I mean, hats off to, to Tara for the decorations that oh, she's done. Oh, it looks great. Looks phenomenal. The only there. problem is, is that I find myself wanting to read what the articles say. <laughs> And I don't, you can't get it. So I'm taking peeks at it. And then it's like, oh, we're, on, we're, we're, we're worshiping. We have broadcast. Um, but that's what we're going to, we're going to be cut, covering a different kind of, I, I guess it's like a how-to series of Christianity. Okay. Um, because that's kind of what Ephesians covers. Yeah. Quite a bit of, quite mm-hmm. a bit of like how-to stuff. So that's a lot of fun. And then um, we've started Revelation. Um, Pastor Cross took the, the first lap um, with our first session, which was great, mm-hmm. except <laughs> you ever feel like the, I'm stealing an old, a, a joke here, but you ever feel like the, the whole world's a tuxedo and you're a pair of brown shoes. <laughs> That's how I feel next to pastor cross when it comes to teaching the Bible. <laughs> Just like what he said, he's good. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. <laughs> so he covered, I mean, he, he gave me his notes and <laughs> He said, this is the first first set of notes. He said, well, how, how, how many pages of notes do you have? 236. <laughs> I was like, what? That's longer than the than the letter of Revelation. That's that's more notes than the, than the length of the letter itself. Right. John's yeah. Revelation. So, But he gave, he gave us notes the first night, and I'm like, well, this is really good. I'm going to cover this point, this point, and this point. Uh-huh. Uh, and he can, he can take the... We'll give him the lion's share of the big stuff. So <laughs> I got to teach the second um, uh, session, and I, I just kind of focused in on what's called eschatology. Okay. Um, think of all your ologies that you know. You guys know, like, what? Um, geology is the study of rocks, rocks, dirt, yeah. right? Biology. Biology is the study of bio, bio. right? Living things. Living yeah. things. Uh, psychology is the study of the psyche, the mind, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. All those ologies, those are scientific terms for study. Mm-hmm. Well, in church, we have a, 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 a category that's called eschatology, and okay. it's a study of the eschaton. Eschaton means the end of all things. Okay. And so there are uh, primarily four views <clears throat> about the end times throughout the history of Christianity since the time of Jesus about when Jesus is going to come again. And, and what separates the end times is really um, these four views is really it, the opinion of uh, what Revelation speaks about as the millennial kingdom or the thousand year reign on earth of Jesus. Um, is that literal or is that figurative? And so these four views are um, the oldest is called premillennialism, which believes that there will be, when Jesus comes again, there will be a thousand year literal reign of Jesus on earth before the final judgment and the new heaven and the new earth has begun. That's, those are all the things that we hear in Revelation. Okay. Um, the traditional view, which is just as old as the premillennialism and has um, probably the, I think I've talked about this before, it has uh, like the widest number of Christians throughout history have held to the traditional view that the thousand-year reign is meant to be read figuratively and that it refers to the entire 
um, lordship of Jesus post-cross, but that he will come again bodily um, at the end of all things where there will be the final judgment with the new heaven and a new earth, but not a thousand years of Jesus living on earth before the final judgment. Follow me? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, and then the third one is called post-millennialism, which is, is this idea that the world is going to get better and better as all Christians, as, as the entire world is evangelized to, and everyone hears the name of Jesus, the world's going to get better and better and better, and then Jesus is going to come back. In, in both the premillennial view and the traditional view, things are going to get worse because the man of lawlessness is going to come, the, or the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. So things are going to get worse before Jesus comes back. But postmillennialism argues that Jesus that things are going to get better, mm-hmm. like it's going to be utopia, and then Jesus is going to come back. Okay, um, that that view was really popular um, prior to the founding of the United States, right up until about the 20th century, and then we had this little thing called a world war. Yep, and that kind of made people go, hmm, don't don't know if people are really that great. Right. Uh, I don't know if things are going to get better. Right. So that 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 worldview that 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 eschatological worldview is kind of um, uh, faded. It, it's it's been absorbed into into social justice movements. Mm. Uh, you know, make the world better through mm-hmm. social reform, mm-hmm. but without sharing Jesus is a big part of it. Um, and the last view, the, dom- the the probably the most popular view in the United States. Um, and so we're all. It's like uh, it, it's made. Um, uh, household words out of out of phrases like the rapture or yeah. the great tribulation or Armageddon. Like mm-hmm. I mentioned those things, you guys immediately know, oh, he's talking about this, this, this. Um, very popular in the United States. Um, f- started in the United States, it's about 100 years old. It's called premillennial dispensationalism. Mm-hmm. And that one argues that uh, things are going to get worse, just like premillennialism. And then the, Jesus is going to rapture the true Christians out of the earth, like like the left behind, mm-hmm. and then there's going to be a literal seven year great tribulation where all the the really kind of crazy supernatural bad stuff in Revelation will happen, mm-hmm. and then um, there will be a battle called Armageddon where Israel, the nation of Israel, will fight against uh, many other enemies, um, and that's when that's when Jesus will come again. Okay, and the thousand year reign. Will begin. So there's a series of steps that have to happen. There's, yeah, it's a roadmap. There's yeah. there's many steps, and so um, so right now we're that's that's what we're talking about in in the Revelation that's study. Good times. Yeah, I got to talk about that. So although I'm limited to sixty minutes, and I realize I I, I, I do take after our senior pastor a little bit, where it's like, boy, this is really interesting. Let's see how many rabbit holes we can go down. Well, it's, su- it's such good stuff. And and uh, before I forget, if anybody wants to watch that, it is on our YouTube channel, Atonement Fargo. Just go there and find it. Um, just called, it's it's just called Revelation Bible study, Bible study I think. Yeah, or the first one said like Revelation is, uh, are we in the end times? Right. Yeah. There's, there's taglines to it, but I think that it, all of them will have something to do with Revelation Bible study. There's on probably them, sure. a playlist yeah. or something with Could all be. of them there. Could be. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah, they, they'll be there uh, on YouTube and we're only a few in so you can get caught up real quick. Mm-hmm. Real quick. Yep. No worries. Mm-hmm. So it's fun. But it's interesting that you mentioned Ephesians mm-hmm. because we've been doing this uh, this controversial uh, Bible study stuff, um, and 
I uh, have one that I wanted to share and cover this one quickly because it's kind of a repeat of a previous topic. We've, we've covered some of the big topics that people find controversial. And what I found on this Ranker site is that if you go through all of them, they're kind of repeating the same mm -hmm. issues over and over again. So yep. people are, are offended by certain things, mm -hmm. um, primarily things that are um, offensive to a 21st century uh, women's liberation, offensive to um, 21st century understandings of of equality among people mm -hmm. like like slavery and so on and um ba basically issues of equality in the 21st century mm -hmm. that aren't spelled out clearly in the bible right so so this one is from ephesians chapter 6 verse 5 and i and here's a little teaser that i think i think we're gonna have a sermon on this topic this summer in the manual and I got a feeling Pastor Cross pulled my name to do the sermon. <laughs> <laughs> Ephesians 6, 5? Yep. <clears throat> and it talks about slaves and masters. And we oh. talked about slavery before in the Old Testament. Well, this is where slavery comes up in the New Testament or one place. Okay. And it says, slaves obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Okay. okay. Uh, I'm going to read, that's what it says um, on the Ranker website. I'm going to um, read it in the ESV where it says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ. Okay? Um, so, the reason why it's offensive is because it seems to say that uh, if you're a slave, you need to be submissive to your master. And that's a greatly offensive, well, issue for any emancipated people mm -hmm. uh, in this day and age. So I'm going to lay out a couple things real quick because, again, this is, this is um, we, we've already spoken about slavery in the Bible. And what the Bible does is it does not honor or dishonor the institution of slavery. It deals with it and in most case limits it. Right. But it recognizes it as an institution within society because it has to do with God breaking in on broken people in their cultures and in their nations right where they're at and begin moving them to this, this place of loving God, being in relationship with God and loving your neighbor in an equal and loving way. I mean, that's really the message of the gospel message mm -hmm. of the new Testament. Jesus love your neighbors yourself. Yep. Can't have slavery when you're loving your neighbors yourself. Uh, but a couple quick things I want to point out about this is that, um, even in the, in the verse where it says slaves, it translates as slaves. The word is doulos in Rome. It, slavery was never perpetual. It wasn't for life and it wasn't, generational like it was with um, slave, slavery in the United States, where if you were born a slave, you died a slave and all your children were slaves. It was more like an indentured servitude where if you were, um, if you were a citizen of Rome and you went on hard times, you had a lot of debts to pay, you would indenture yourself. You'd become the slave of someone else in order to pay off your debt. And once your debt was paid off, you were no longer a slave. Think of it this way, although it's not quite the same, but here's a modern equivalent uh, credit cards. Yeah. I was going to say the exact same mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so what do you do with, with credit cards? We basically indenture ourselves. You work till you can pay them off. You work till you can pay them off. And it's a long time sometimes. Yeah. What we have here is, uh, we do have things like, like bankruptcy laws and so on. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but the, the 
debtor wants uh, uh, will will pay, mm. uh, or I should say the debt. What is it? The debt debtee will pay the debtor, or the uh, one with the card. The one with the money <laughs> is going to get more money yeah. um, <laughs> from the one who needs money, mm-hmm. um, and and that's kind of what it was like in, in the ancient world. There was even slaves that were that were conquered enemies in battle could earn their way out of slavery and into um, citizenship within Rome. So people would indenture themselves. And and one thing to, to notice in the word, where it says slaves obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear, serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. The word slave and serve and serve in that sentence are all the same word. Just one is translated as, it could just as easily be translated servants. Mm. So it's a little different. It's not the slavery as we understand it today. It's it's more of an indentured servitude. Uh, granted, the slaves didn't have freedom, right? Um, but it was a it, often it was a willing servitude. Mm-hmm. And so the the issue in in Ephesians is not about you know slaves be good to your masters. It had to do with family structures, and it's in this whole section where it talks about relationships between children and parents where it talks about the relationship between slave and masters. And what follows after this is, is Paul encouraging the Ephesians to take up the whole armor of God. And the entire issue is not about um, uh, uh, justice within Roman culture and, and the caste systems that they had. It wasn't, it wasn't about overturning worldly systems. It was about now that you belong to Jesus, you're equal with everyone else in his eyes. And for the sake of the gospel, we do the best in the circumstances that we're in, in order to bring others into the faith. Because this is this season is only for a limited amount of time. Mm-hmm. It's not saying slavery is good, it should continue perpetually. In fact, most of the Bible, Paul has an entire letter where he talks about overturning the expectations of slavery, that masters should be uh, should free a slave. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the letter of Philemon. Here, Paul is making a, a double-edged argument by saying, slaves, serve your masters faithfully, just as you're serving Christ. Oh, and masters, love your slaves as Christ loves his 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 servants. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's making this double argument that's not... Um, setting up like a, a this, that, and the other thing rule for, for slavery, uh, but is speaking about how to function freely as a Christian, even in circumstances where you're not free as far as your neighbor is concerned. Right. Get that mm-hmm. good yeah. enough? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I, I know we didn't have a lot of time, but I wanted to lay, at least get that one out there and kind of build on the previous one that we talked about. Yeah, and, and you touched on it too. Um, you know, we could, uh, I can't remember how many... Um, controversial Bible verses there were on that ranker list, but there were a lot and we could go through them all, but you know, start repeating ourselves after a while, mm-hmm. I think, or, or you we, start repeating yourself. Oh, I don't repeat, I repeat anything myself <laughs> <laughs> because, <laughs> because it's, it's, you know, it's the, it's always going back to the same, yeah. you know, the same concept. For, well, and, and you know, it, it, as far as I'm concerned, we can continue to go through these because people have these questions and they, mm-hmm. they come up over and over again. I've been doing public ministry for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. It ain't the first time I've had to have conversations <laughs> about these texts. Right. And as one of my teachers said, because I, 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 I noticed that he kept repeating himself in every class. And I said, I, I went up to him after one class. I said, are you, do you ever get tired of saying the same thing over and over again? He looked at me and he says, DJ, that's what preaching the gospel is. <laughs> You're just repeating, repeating, you're repeating the good news again and again and again. Yeah. Uh, um, 
I know you got a little bit of a time crunch, but I'm going to repeat those five points, the tools yep. in the toolbox for reading the Bible uh, by starting here. Why is it important to read the Bible? The Bible is the written word of God. It's not words about God. It's not words from God. It is the word of God. And the Bible is the written word of God because of what it proclaims about the living word of God, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what we hear coming from the Bible and what we would hear from Christians or what we should hear from Christians is pointing to Jesus, and this is called the preached word of God. It's handing Christ over to our neighbors. That's why reading the Bible is important. Now, to understand what the Bible is saying, here's five tools in your toolkit or five lenses, prescriptions to help you read it. Um, externally speaking, the Bible is has a plain sense and is clear. Uh, whatever translation you have into English, it's most likely a, a good tr translation. There may be a few grammatical errors here and there, but all translations in all in all kinds, ESV, NSV, all these little little you know alphabet soup names that we have for the Bible, King James, they're all good, mm -hmm. and they mean what they say externally. You can read them, and as Christians, when, whenever we find an issue that we need to argue about, like even the issue of slavery. It was on the external writings that they made their arguments, which led to an overturning of slavery in the United States and in Great Britain. And, and, you know, hopefully we'll continue throughout the world as we discover that there is still slavery in many different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. um, that's what we call the external clarity of scripture. That scripture has a plain sense when it's figurative, it will be figurative. When it's literal, it will be literal. And the context in which the scripture is written, like I use this one, it's in a bigger context talking about family structures mm -hmm. because the slave was considered part of the family and the master was expected to take care of the slave um, and not be abusive to them. There was penalties for the master for such things. Um, the context helps you understand what's being talked about as compared to saying, well, in the 21st century, we have this opinion about this. Why did they get it so wrong 2,000 years ago? Okay. Well, because they're not a democratic republic, and it, we have a democratic republic because of the first steps that were taken 2,000 years ago during Rome mm -hmm. as Christianity began to influence Western culture. All right. So then you have the other four tools in your toolkit, which speaks to the internal clarity of Scripture, that it's internally clear when taken by faith, that when you open the Bible and you begin reading it, there's a, there's a trust action that's taken to say, Holy Spirit, speak to me through this. The first uh, thing that we take by faith is that all of Scripture proclaims Jesus Christ. And so we're looking in Scripture to see how does this point to Jesus? Well, this whole text talks about limiting yourself in your circumstances for the sake of preaching the gospel. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, that it will speak law and gospel. That there will be times when I read Scripture, the Holy Spirit will actually convict me by it, make me feel bad, or motivate me to do something. This is what we call the law. Uh, and also the Holy Spirit will proclaim Christ to me in such a way that this sinner knows that his sins are forgiven. That's what we call the gospel. Mm -hmm. uh, the next tool in the internal clarity, the third one, is scriptura sacra sui ipsius interpretus. Scripture interprets itself. And so if you're reading something in the Old Testament uh, or in the New Testament, you have to look at it and say, is this a word for that people at that time or is this a word for me today? Mm -hmm. Like... Um, um, I'm trying to think of an example in the New Testament. Um, when, when the Gentiles wanted to join, join the church, um, 
they were uh, told to not eat food with blood in it um, and a couple of other things. Well, that word, while it's it's a helpful word to me, was not given to me. It was given to the Gentiles in Asia Minor, mm-hmm. okay, as an example. Or what was, what was the law of the land in ancient Israel is not the law of the land for me because that was given to a people in 1446 BC. What's been passed on to me is God's eternal law or eternal will, which is the 10 commandments, which is kind of the starting point for all of laws everywhere on the planet. Uh, you know, honor your mother and father. Good advice. Um, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not, uh, lie. You shall not steal. Um, you shall not covet. These are all good things on how to interrelate with your neighbor. And all the laws in every land usually is dealing with one of those issues. The first three commandments, I am the Lord your God, you shall have no other gods. Um, you shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God and remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy is how we interact with God. Mm-hmm. And so the Bible speaks to those things as well, that God wants you to be in relationship with him. Love God, love neighbor, right? That's scripture interpreting itself, revealing to us what word is for us in this day and age. So if I read something about slavery and think that's messed up, is the Bible all for slavery? We'll keep reading. Mm-hmm. And and the scriptures will interpret themselves to make yeah. sense of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one is that the Bible uh, has the authority, because it, it's the word of God, it has the authority of God and the Holy Spirit is not going to act contrary to the biblical narrative, the witness of scripture in this day and age. We're not going to hear the Holy Spirit Suddenly, you know, if someone says, well, Jesus is not the only way to heaven. Um, chances are it's not the Holy Spirit who's saying that. Right. If someone says, I have this, I had this revelation from God that, you know, um, we're, we're, we're supposed to follow Krusty the Clown from now on or, or whatever it may be. You're probably not going to hear that. You can trust that that didn't come from the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is not going to speak contrary to what scripture witnesses to. Mm-hmm. Okay. So those are those points. Questions, comments? No. No. I don't think so. We're, we have a little bit of a time crunch here, so I feel like I'm <laughs> <laughs> rushing, rushing through a little bit. But I want to get those five out again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, work on those, think about those, and when you get dig into Scripture, let those um, help you discern what it is that you're reading and what God is saying to you through Scripture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, cool. Thank you. Bottom line, slavery bad. Mm-hmm. The Bible, um, the biblical witness from Old Testament to New Testament to our day and age has always been a trajectory of eliminating slavery, mm-hmm. not perpetuating it. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Sorry, Paul. Ooh. Excellent. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Stupendous. <laughs> Good times. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. Uh, Portentous. Port- <laughs> that was the one. All the words that. You should say instead of awesome, portentous. <laughs> yeah, portentous was on the list. Okay, well, as DJ said, uh, we got a little bit of a time crunch here, so uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna we're gonna call her good for to, for today. Has it been uh, another riveting episode? Well, it, well, first we have to pray. Okay, can I pray? I, I yeah. you guys yeah. never let me pray. Well, How we, rude, we, Ryan. we well we feel that you're. Well, pro- Ryan, you've been talking all day. <laughs> Let me get a word in edgewise. Uh, well, fine, fine, fine. Should I just mute his microphone for the rest of this? You will anyway. Lord, forgive me for my pride. I'm teasing my brother here. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for uh, all the blessings you, you, you give us. Friendship, family, laughter, um, that we can be community um, 
in relationship with you and with one another. I pray that you would bless um, Ryan and all of our youth who are going to be going on the mission trip to, to Duluth, that you would be with them, that you would bless them to be your hands and feet, that you would give them eyes to see you working in their midst, and that they would come back changed and on fire for you. Uh, I ask the same blessing upon all of us who come to worship that this Sunday we would experience you, your presence, your grace, and that we would be changed to be your witnesses in the world, not just on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. If you're looking for a place, you can find uh, you can find past uh, episodes of that podcast. You can find past uh, services that we've done on Sunday. You can find the Revelation Bible study that Pastor DJ was talking about. You can find all of that and more at YouTube by searching Atonement Fargo. You can also find our live services at 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, atonement.live and atonementfargo.org every Sunday. So for Sarah DeYoung and Pastor DJ Lura, my name is Ryan Janke. Join us for another riveting episode of that podcast. <laughs>